Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbionica is your solution to great-tasting, all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or toxins. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbiotica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbiotica.com. C-Y-M-B-I-O. TIKA.com. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Surveys show members of marginalized groups experience more hate. Online harassment remains one of the Internet's hardest problems to fix, and new data suggests the problem is only getting worse for minority groups. According to a representative survey of American citizens conducted by the Anti-Defamation League, 44% of Americans report having experienced some type of online hate and harassment with some 35% of respondents reporting being harassed online because of their racial, religious, or sexual identity. Comparing results from their 2020 survey to 2018's results, according to respondents' perceived reasons for the abuse, the Anti-Defamation League's findings demonstrated a dramatic increase in identity-based harassment, with 61% of those who identified as Muslim who experienced harassment online feeling it was because of their religious identity, compared to the 2018 35% figure. These increases were also noted by Asian Americans experiencing harassment because of their race at 55% in 2020 and only 20% in 2018. Jews for their religious identity at 43% in 2020 and only 35% in 2018. African Americans for their race at 42% in 2020 up from 27% in 2018. Finally, Hispanics and Latinos for their race at 42% in 2020 now up from 30% in 2018. Despite these increases making the headlines, there is very little mention of a specific group who are often frequent targets, black women. Launching an organization committed to ending online abuse by educating people on how they can engage positively, respectfully, and justly in all digital spaces, today's guest has taken matters into her own hands and is working hard to change the narrative. Here with us to discuss this important topic further and share more about her mission to end online abuse, as well as introduce us to her new book, How to Stay Safe Online, a digital self-care toolkit for developing resilience and allyship, we have multi-award-winning founder and CEO of Glitch, Shei Akiwowo. This is the Black Information Network Daily Podcast, and I'm your host, Ramses Ja. So welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Thank you so much for having me, Ramses. How are you? I'm I'm flourishing. I, I hear you're out in Spain. That that sounds amazing. Yeah, I'm trying to di- I'm trying to be this digital nomad that everyone keeps talking about, and so far it's good. 
All right. Well, I like what I see. So good for you. So let's start at the beginning. Around here, we like to, you know, tell full stories. So uh, share with our audience a bit about yourself, your upbringing, and what led you to launching Glitch. Sure. So um, I'm British Nigerian. Both my parents are from Nigeria. Um, grew up in uh, a small area called Newham in East London in the UK and grew up without realizing that we were one of the poorest boroughs, local areas in the country. We just made do. And um, it was until I got into university, until I had a friend who died in a house party that I began asking questions about the status quo. And it was pulling on those threads that I realized that politics was a vehicle to affect change and people on in political positions were not making decisions for the interest of my community, nor did they look like me. So at 23, I stood for uh, elections and I, I won. I won and I was the youngest councillor um, in East London. And I spent four years of my term campaigning for representation, campaigning around issues around youth violence and trying to just encourage more young black people to see that politics is for them. And it was during that um, time that I was invited to the European Parliament, made a speech. The speech went viral. And I go into a lot more detail about this in the book. Um, and somebody posted it on a neo-Nazi forum and it set a ripple, a ripple effect of abuse. And that's the pivot in where I, be where I started campaigning around online safety, campaigning around the safety, particularly of minoritized voices who use and rely on social media platforms to affect change, to to community mobilize, to educate. And this new space, uh, this, these new communities were at serious risk of being harmed. And so for five years now, coming up to six in April, I've been campaigning around safer online spaces, online platforms for women, but particularly black women, because I believe if you focus on black women, the most marginalized, black women are 84% more likely to be abused online than white women if you focus on the most marginalized then you can be more confident and, and have more guarantee that everyone is safe but the conversation when I was starting glitch was more about celebrities and white women and liberals and free speech and not thinking about how black women's free speech was being curtailed so why do you think that is why are black women uh, specifically targeted online uh, and particularly susceptible to abuse online yeah, I talk about this in the first chapter of the book where I'm actually really honest about why this book shouldn't need to have been written. And there's a whole section in there around how tech companies failed to listen to black women like 10 years ago who'd been talking about this issue, who had been trolled and stalked offline, then online and ha threatened and having to move and having to quit their jobs and black women in journalism. Like this had been going on for actually before Gamergate, but as always, and as we see offline, Black women's voices are not heard. I don't think that online abuse towards Black women is a new phenomenon. I think it's actually an extension of the abuse and the harm and how vulnerable we are offline that it's actually just amplified online. It means that there's um, more attempts, more access to, to, to hurt Black women and actually target more people in numbers. But it's not a new phenomenon. It's just a different model, different technology, different tactic that is about suppressing um, black women. And I think that's because black women are a beautiful combination of gender and race. And so the gender discrimination they would face and also the uh, racial discrimination and also, you know, black 
women who are disabled or black non-binary binary people this can continue when you're when you're compounding those identities in an uh, in an arena in a world that doesn't even appreciate or provide safety for them separately it only compounds the discrimination i think this is why i draw upon dr Kim kimberly crenshaw's amazing work around intersectionality because that's a real framing into how race and gender together forms new forms of discrimination that Dr. Moya Bailey talks about as misogynoir. And you see that offline and now you see that online. So um, you also mentioned that there's a group of society that chooses to profit from this hate. So, so tell us more about that. Yeah, a big one. I mean, I would probably bucket them that you've got systems and platforms that profit from hate. But now you're also seeing individuals profit from hate. So let's take individuals first. I think you can see that there is a growing movement to grow and groom individuals to be the face of white supremacy, to be the face of anti-blackness, the face of anti-Semitism. Um, and these individuals realize that um, have seen that actually if you per per perpetuate hate, um, you scapegoat, you, you, you use the same dog whistle politics that actually you can make quite a lot of money from it because you're you're grooming and mobilizing quite disaffected people actually and that's not to infantile them at all but you've got people who are on the margins of society who have been made um uh, homeless or unemployed because of the state of our economy have been failed by the state by mental health and, and and education and all of these groups and communities are looking for some kind of place to belong and someone to kind of follow and you know with the with the kind of death of the church, I think, across many countries as well. I think that shows that there's an alternative that people are looking for, right? Like altru altruistic alternatives. Um, well, the, fa the, the, the facade of altruistic alternatives. So I think you've got individuals that are profiting from hate on, on them. And, and that's why it's so important to be able to de-platform people who spread hate, hate um, because it actually stops them from making money. And there's lots of research, including research from um, Hope Not Hate, who talk about how de-platforming has stopped white supremacists organizing on the platform and making money, therefore able to grow and able to do offline events, et cetera, et cetera. And then you've got platforms and systems, right, who have a business model for profit, and that is coming at the expense of safety. And I think there's been 10 years now of trying to let tech companies regulate themselves, market, um, mark their own homework, self-regulate. And we're not seeing that happen. And we know actually from other markets, other industries, that doesn't work. So now is a conversation about actually what's the standard in which that we expect tech companies to be operating how should they be they how should they be applying safety in the design of their platform and actually how should they be transparent about what goes on me and you couldn't pick up a can of ginger beer without reading the nutrition label to know okay if i drink this you know i am i am drinking that amount of sugar i'm drinking and consuming that amount of fat sodium salt you name it we have that information when it comes to social media platforms we're not able to make informed decisions it's only through whistleblowers and research that is very slow in, in getting out because they are so not transparent by they i mean social media platforms that we're understanding that oh there's a lot of behavioral science behind this that actually is quite causing quite addictive behaviors it's mm. actually causing quite um animosity and division amongst groups and it's profiting from outrage and hate that we're now knowing this and it's we're 10 years behind the curve and that's probably 
why we need some form of regulation legislation around uh, online safety. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. People don't always realize just how much their negative thoughts and experiences stick with them and weigh them down. You may find your brain constantly running through a highlight reel of bad moments. That comment your friend made last week that hurt your feelings. That frustrating thing your mom does. Or that silly thing you said in a meeting. Maybe it's time to get it all off your chest. Whether it's a tiny annoyance or something much bigger, talking about it can give you some relief and lead you to a potential solution. That's where therapy comes in. It's a safe space to share whatever's weighing you down and learn to process it so your internal highlight reel can focus on the good stuff. And BetterHelp offers affordable online therapy on a schedule that works for you. Connect with a licensed therapist by text, phone, or video call. Start the process in minutes and switch therapist anytime. Let it out with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com B-I-N today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot B-I-N. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash news. That's LifeLock.com slash news to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. When you have health insurance, it's easy to think, I'm covered, no worries. Well, not so fast. Remember, your out-of-pocket costs are not covered by insurance. That can be a lot of money for your family. But how do you know you're not being overbilled? It's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. Unless you're a billing expert, how do you know your medical bills are accurate? HealthLock can help. HealthLock is a healthcare technology company that securely connects with your insurance. When your medical claims come in, HealthLock technology reviews the claim for errors like overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. HealthLock makes it easy to find and fix hidden errors, so you pay only what you owe. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. Bottom line, insurance alone isn't enough. To save, visit HealthLock.com. Do it today before you see another healthcare provider. That's HealthLock.com. We are here today with author and multi-award winning founder and CEO of Glitch, Shayi Wowo, discussing the topic of online abuse, her mission to end it, and her new book, How to Stay Safe Online, a digital self-care toolkit for developing resilience and allyship. 
I'm Ramses Ja. In 1870, Congress passed the 15th Amendment, which gave all people the right to vote. That included black people who were recently freed from slavery. But shortly after the bill became law, some states started imposing poll taxes and other requirements to suppress the black vote. The tactics may have been similar to the recent voting law changes state legislators enacted in the past year. Don't be deterred. I'm Ramses Ja of the Black Information Network, encouraging you to power up the black vote. Make a plan to vote today. It's our right. So, you know, I, I, I'll say the names. I, I'm, I'm assuming you're talking about platforms like Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Twitch, yeah. so forth. Yeah. And uh, we're hearing about the online bu- bullying and abuse. Um, what do you think that has been preventing them from doing better? to to mitigate i'm sure they're aware of this right what what has prevented them from doing better yeah it's a big question i get asked all the time because you're basically saying isn't it so obvious like why aren't you doing something about it and Mm. i try to explore this in the book like how long are we going to keep saying this is unintended consequences when it's so clear what's happened in the uk just last month there was an inquest that that proved that social media platforms instagram and, and pinterest played a part in a young person's suicide. Um, We've got data and evidence around people being stalked online, then offline and being hurt, misidentifying people as well. Like we've got a bank of evidence of what's happening on the platform. And I do believe now there's a deliberate decision not to do anything about it. I think we saw um, towards the last couple of years of Trump's uh, term, Facebook, for example, make a decision to continue backing Trump. It's only when the election started going the other way did we now start seeing deplatforming and doing the right thing. But for months, they were allowing allowing um, groups to organize online, which then caused what happened on January 6th in, in the US. Um, I think also women's issues, racial issues, anti-oppression issues are never seen as sexy, fun topics. And so... Why would a tech platform that is solely about making money want to engage in this when you don't have to? And I think ultimately people think that safety is boring. Safety is cutting profits. Safety is stalling innovation. And that's not the case because can you imagine a world now without seatbelts? Can you imagine a world where we allow people to drink three or four pints of beers and start driving? Like, no, that hasn't stopped the car industry still making loads of money. That hasn't stopped a very well-known car company uh, CEO buying the t- Twitter, has it? Has it? So mm. that argument doesn't fly f- fly with me, um, having been in this space for half a decade. And I talk about some of the kind of uh, reasons that tech companies should now be taking this seriously if they don't want to see um, themselves playing an active role in bringing down democracies ar- around the world and and causing further divisions amongst communities. Okay, so let's shift gears here. Um, your book entitled How to Stay Safe Online, a Digital Self-Care Toolkit for Developing Resilience and Allyship. Uh, tell us what we need to know about this book and how this book can help and help us to impact our communities as well. I love this question because I think the title can have some people interpreted it as me saying that it's you down to you as an individual to stay safe online. And that is not what this book is about. This book talks about if we want to stay safe online, there are key players, there are key actors that have a responsibility, including ourselves, but our allies 
the government, schools, and 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 tech companies primarily. And it goes through, if we want to stay safe online as an individual, we need to understand the landscape and context. We don't, for example, send our kids, our uh, nieces and nephews or siblings to an event or a party or a school or or um, some kind of like after school activity without kind of knowing who's going to be there, safety mechanisms, you know, health and safety is being followed and there's a trusted adult, right? Like we have a bit of an, an awareness, but it just seems that because of the, it kind of feels that because there's been a massive growth in social media platforms, people are just assuming this is just like MySpace. This is just like Bebo. And it's not, it's very, very different in how it's been designed algorithmically. And I talk about this in the book so that users can make informed decisions about what platforms they want to be on, why, and how to do it, how to use it better to serve themselves and their allies. And understanding that if we've got inequity offline, that exists online as well. So how do we make sure that white women, white men, able-bodied people, um, know how to support somebody who is disproportionately impacted by all sorts of online abuse and harm? All right, I'll take it. So let's let's let folks know how we can uh, how we can get the book and and of course how to plug in with you on social media if you if you want them to plug in with oh, you on social media. You. So yeah, no, it. I love. I mean, look, this is a live conversation right now with Elon Musk being the CEO of Twitter and having um, dangerously and frighteningly uh, sacked their head of uh, safety, legal and trust. And, and that says a powerful message. And so I think it is really about us having conversations in the coming days and weeks about what standard do we want tech companies to be operating on and what when are we going to mobilize around our consumer power and, and go somewhere else. So I would love people to have a chat with me on social media platforms. It's my handle. My, my handle's all the same, Woo. I'm on Twitter, I'm on Facebook, and I'm on TikTok. You can buy the book at any good bookstore and online as well. But you can check it out on my website, shayiyakiwowo.com. All right. Well, once again, we're going to plug that book for you. It is called How to Stay Safe Online, a Digital Self-Care Toolkit for Developing Resilience and Allyship. And I want to spell your name S-E-Y-I, last named A-K-I-W-O-W-O for folks that want to tap in with you. Um, and thank you, of course, for for coming on and sharing Thanks this so with us. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. It's a, it's a crazy world out there. I'm, I'm going through it myself right now. Um, I was going to really, ask, how are you doing? The I'm, sudden spotlight on you and named and naming you. How do you feel? Uh, yeah, I'm I'm fine. I've been I've been walking this path for a long time working in media. So it's 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 an appreciable bump. But fortunately, mm -hmm. I got I got a solid foundation. I appreciate you asking. But uh, yeah, everything's going to be OK. Um, but I, again, I do want to thank you for taking the time to um, to tap in with us here at the Black Information Network. Once again, our guest is author and founder and CEO of Glitch, Shei Akiwowo. And before we go, I'll leave you with this. There's a quote I love from the late great American author and social activist, Bell Hooks. She said, quote, one of the most vital ways we sustain ourselves is by building communities of resistance, places where we know we're not alone, unquote. With technological innovations and our integrations of them into our day-to-day -day lives taking place at paces and scales never before seen, we must be more proactive now than ever before, ensuring we are utilizing these opportunities for community building, growth, and goodness. As the primary messages that Shei Yakiwowo and Glitch champion, when it comes to online abuse, this is a life and death issue. Hate is not banter, 
Hate is not a game. Hate is wrong. The lines are blurring between the online and offline worlds more each day. And it's up to all of us to do what is right for all of us. Holding the highest honor in being respectful, accountable, and communal, global, and digital citizens. As we move forward into the future of the internet, rather than turning our heads from, or even worse, contributing to the problem, let us commit to taking a stand against online abuse in all forms, and let us forever stay committed to the always evolving and innovative efforts to ensure the equal access, opportunity, and overall safety for all of us in perpetuity. This has been a production of the Black Information Network. Today's show was produced by Chris Thompson. Have some thoughts you'd like to share? Use the red microphone talkback feature on the iHeartRadio app. While you're there, be sure to hit subscribe and download all of our episodes. I am your host, Ramses Ja, on all social media. Join us tomorrow as we share our news with our voice from our perspective, right here on the Black Information Network Daily Podcast. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you. And how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Nobody wants to outlive their money, but it happens, especially for women. That's why Gainbridge offers the Parity Flex annuity, designed for women's unique retirement needs, with flexible withdrawals plus a guaranteed lifetime income benefit that keeps paying you even if your account balance is zero. Gainbridge is helping build a better financial future for women. Retirement income you can't outlive is the ultimate flex. Start saving now at Gainbridge.io. Visit Gainbridge.io slash Parity Flex for current rates, full product disclosures and disclaimers, and other important information.